the views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host, guest, random reptoid, or chupacabra may not necessarily reflect those of AM950 Radio, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Now, it's time to step into the unknown. There are things people experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in the corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your experience, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. And this is Ghost Box Radio on AM 950, where every night we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, and so much more. My name is Greg Bakken. Thank you very much for joining me. Happy Monday, everybody. But I do need to start with kind of an apology. Uh, as I said last Friday that I was going to be appearing at Witchy Weekend on St. Croix, and uh, I, I, I asked for some people, if you want to come out and say hi, please do so. I did fall ill, and I wasn't able to do it uh, last Saturday, so I didn't go. And I, uh, I feel bad because I, I was told that some people did show up, uh, specifically wanted to hear my talk. Uh, I, I apologize for that. That was uh, I, I feel really bad about that. But um, I already talked with Emily. We're going to, and I just want to apologize for Emily for that as well. But uh, we already talked, and uh, we are uh, we're gonna whenever she does the next one, I'm gonna be a part of that as well. But I also want to let you all know that I'm gonna be uh, appearing this Saturday and Sunday over at the Charvinity Psychic Healing Fair. That's going to be at the Minneapolis Airport Marriott. That's, like I said, Saturday and Sunday. Each day is 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I'm going to have a table there. Please come on out. Say hi. When you uh, go ahead and pay to get in, please let them know you heard about it through Ghost Box Radio. I would really, really appreciate that. And, you know, just, uh, you know, it, it's going to be good. I'm going to be... Uh, hosting a Q&A, I think it's Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday or Sunday, one of the two, and I'm really excited that I've been asked to take part in that. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to have on Maria Shaw and uh, also uh, Char Savinity, my gosh, I haven't even been drinking yet, uh, Char Savoy, and so uh, definitely come on out, say hi, uh, we're going to have them on tomorrow as well. Also, I just have to say real fast, too, that I hope you all been enjoying February's Listener Appreciation Month. This has been really a lot of fun watching people interact and take part. We, we did this uh, Listener Appreciation uh, event last week, <clears throat> which was really a lot of fun to meet a lot of, uh, a lot of listeners. And I just want to also uh, let everyone know we're going to be giving away some stuff this week. If you uh, listen all week through Matt McNeil, Native Roots, or my show, we're going to be giving away gift cards to some, uh, <coughs> some of my favorites. Got a bit of a cold, obviously, still. Uh, to some of our favorite restaurants, Mavericks, Nightingales, uh, The Great Wall in Edina. These are great uh, gift cards that we're going to give away. So Stay tuned. Uh, watch our Facebook page. Uh, take part. It's it's a lot of fun to uh, to be able to give some of the stuff away. We're really excited. Now, 
we're, we're kind of picking up here where we left off a while ago here. I don't know. It was about three weeks ago or something. And uh, we had author Lynn Monet on the program. And the purpose of that was simply uh, we wanted to talk about, she had three books out. We wanted to talk about each book. And um, we talked about the first one, Omnipresent, which uh, scared the hell out of a lot of people uh, while listening to it. It's scary. You know, it, and it's, in a way, it's good. It's good that it's scaring you because it's it's meant to be something that also is kind of like a reminder of how things actually go in these situations and how you don't always know how to take care of certain aspects of it. But but there's a follow up. Now this is the first of two times this week that uh, Lynn is going to appear on the show uh, tonight, and then she's going to be back Wednesday to talk about her third book. We're going to focus on the second one. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, where we left off the last time that uh, we had her on. Lynn, welcome to Ghost Box Radio. Oh, Greg, thank you so much for having me. As usual, it's a pleasure to be here. I was really looking forward to this. <laughs> me too. Thank you very much for uh, taking part. You know, a couple things. First of all, I have to say, uh, I, I went to Target right before the show, and I'm pulling out of my driveway, and I'm looking down the street, and there is a, a black figure that's moving from one car uh, in a yard that's parked on the street up to the second car that's on the driveway. And I'm just, you know, I, I live in a neighborhood, therefore I have to be nosy, right? So, I mean, it's just, it's just a black figure. I drive by, by there, just curious, wondering who it might be. There's nobody there. I'm, I'm convinced that's a shadow person, actually. And I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, yeah. And, and as you know, and, and those of us who have seen shadow figures... It, the term I always use is blacker than black, you know, that mm -hmm. you, you even if you're in a dark place, like there was really not a whole lot of lights out in that area, you can still make out the figure. And uh, that's something I find very, very interesting, as very interesting as we're talking tonight. So uh, that's that's the thing that I'm I'm really interested in, because when we left off, first of all, it was uh, you were getting activity in your house as we were talking it didn't feel great at the studio. I was at the studio that night and that wasn't mm -hmm. feeling so great. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, I, but you, you make it sound like though, that the, what you were getting, um, the activity that night, that's, that's normal. That, that seemed like that was normal. Am I, am I on the right track with that? Yeah. You know, usually when, whenever we talk about this subject, they do come forward and I will see orbs pinging and hear them pinging against the walls and things coming through the house because they're eavesdropping. They like being acknowledged, but they don't like being exposed. So they, a lot of times they will come present. Yeah, and uh, it was just, I mean, if you go back folks and you watch the video, which uh, I don't, I, I see if I can find it here real fast, not the video, but uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to go maybe during break and I'll, I'll remind myself when you were last on, Lynn. Uh, if you go back and watch the video, especially towards the end, you can see stuff not like mm -hmm. objects moving, but you can see like orbs and you can actually yes. hear like popping around them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were popping into the walls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never heard orbs pop before. They do. They sound like ping pong balls hitting up against the wall. That's what they sound like. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's something else. And it was, you know, and that was a night that I was kind of like, I just want to leave here now, the, the, the station, <laughs> you know, I just, and I don't normally get that way. People who listen know that I don't normally get that way, but that was a, that was a pretty intense night 
do uh, we want to kind of uh, get people back on track here a little bit? What we talked about with the first book, Lynn. Yes, um, we can um, start where we kind of left off. I'll go ahead and back up just a little okay. bit. I want to say too with the orbs, my house that I'm living in is not haunted, but they do sometimes come close, as I mentioned, and it definitely made um, Oreos stand out, didn't it? Um, telling the story last time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the Oreos, that's you even funny. sent me some. You even sent, sent me something funny about the Oreos. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Oreos is the uh, <laughs> you know the, the cookie of choice for this one. Yeah. Anyway, um, my first book, Omnipresent, was a story about a house that I purchased that was so badly haunted that I was never able to move in. And we talked about several of the things that occurred in the house on the last show. And where we left off was where I finally found people to sell or had it up for sale. So I'll kind of start there, if that's okay. That sounds good. Okay. Um, I um, don't know if I mentioned on the last show that when I, oh, yes, I forgot this part. This is good, too. Um, when my mother and I went to the house, we had scheduled some people to come to look at the house that had children, and they said that they had lived in the area. My mother and I arrived at the house about an hour early to go in and kind of stage play because the house, there was no furniture, the house was spotless, there was no trash, no cleaners, nothing was left, and we kind of wanted to put a few towels and stuff so that it looked a little bit homey for the people to come. And when we get out of the car, we're walking up the sidewalk to these big double entry doors, and, and, he, and anybody that was listening, you'll know that it is a split-level house where... You walk into a foyer and you have the ascending and descending stairs off of that foyer. So as my mother and I are walking up the sidewalk, my mom looks up to the upstairs windows and she says to me, she says, Lynn, did you have the windows tinted? And I'm like, no, why? And I looked up and my daughter, they had vertical blinds, but you couldn't see the division of the vertical blinds. I just thought that they were opened all the way. And then I looked down to the lower level windows and there were flies there were hundreds of flies wow. all over the downstairs windows so then when i looked back up to the upstairs windows it was like 3d they were so solid on that window that that they were covering every inch of the window and i said oh my god i said mom those are flies and she said they are so when we went into the front door we had the towels with us. We were planning on uh, using them like fans to flog things because we thought for sure that we would be swarmed when we went into the house. And when we entered into the house, we didn't get swarmed. All of the flies were plastered all over the windows trying to get out too. Wow. So the, th and the thing about it was is that there was no food, no cleaning products, no dirty rags, no, there was nothing that would have drawn those flies into the house like that and you know we, we couldn't even figure out how they got in there there was one window in the breakfast nook area that was kind of like a bay window with the three windows and when the people that had lived there before they had accidentally or may not have realized that they painted one of the windows shut from the outside mm -hmm. and between the panes of that window and the screen that had no holes in it Flies were stuck in between that. We had to take the screens off of the windows to let the flies into the house to usher them out of windows that we actually took the screens off of to get them out. So the flies had been there so long in the house that they had left brown excrement speckles all 
around the molding around the window mm -hmm. that was white. And so my mother and I are racing to get these flies out and we're trying to clean up the speckling, expecting the people to come. And lo and behold, during that time, they had something happen. They weren't able to make it. And they left a message on my phone. So after about 15 minutes after the time that they were supposed to be there, I went and I checked my phone, <clears throat> excuse me, and they had left a message that they would wanted to reschedule for the next day. So my mistake originally was, was making that appointment in the house. So everything in the house heard me making the appointment oh, for yeah. these people to come. So the second appointment I made from my car on the way home, and so the next day, the, the, the young couple shows up. They have two of their three children with them. And of course, the kids are running down the hallway. It was deja vu like my kids had done, picking out their bedroom, so excited. And they come and they ask if they can go look downstairs, their downstairs area. And the parents are like, yeah, you know, is it okay? I said, sure, go ahead. Lo and behold, uh, five, within five minutes, they were back up and they looked like a deer in headlights. And the little, I overhear the little girl saying to the, to the brother, I'll take the little room upstairs. Tommy can have the creepy room downstairs. So I realized in that moment that those children had seen or felt the negativity in that room. And I mm -hmm. knew as a mother that I could not sell the house to somebody with children. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so moving forward, um, I did end up having a couple, a retired couple come up from Florida that was interested in the house. It was a cash buy. And during the process of everything, uh, there was one point when we were signing papers that we went to exit, come down the descending stairs to the foyer to exit out the front door, excuse me. And all of a sudden I exit first and I overhear the wife saying to the husband, why did you push me? And um, he said, I didn't push you. And she said, yes, you did. You, you pushed me. And he said, no, I'm three steps back. I didn't push you. And she said, well, I don't know what happened. And then when they came out, I couldn't bring myself to sell them the house without telling them about the ghost. So I attempted to do that mm -hmm. by asking them if they believed in ghosts. And they immediately cut me off and said, no, we're Baptists. We don't believe in that sort of thing. You know, we're protected. And I'm like, okay. So everything went through with the house. The house sold. Uh, about six months later, I'm driving down the interstate and there's a backup of traffic because of an accident. And I took a shortcut off of the interstate, which was the same get off for where the house, the, uh, I could, called it the Haunted Mansion. The Haunted Mansion was in, in East Flat Rock. And I'm trying to take a shortcut through to get around the accident to get back onto the interstate. And I wasn't able to do, go the way that I wanted to. And it actually took me on the street that passes right by the street where the house was on. The street was the second house in on the left, so you could see it from, from that road in passing. So as I'm passing the street that the house is on, I notice that there's a sign in the front yard. And where it was placed, I couldn't tell if it was in the neighbor's yard or in the house that I sold's yard. Mm -hmm. So curiosity got the cat. I go up to the next street and I turn around. And I say a prayer. I said, oh, please protect me. Don't let them come out and see me. I don't want to be invited in. But I, I couldn't. I wanted to go and see what that sign said. So I turned around, turned onto the block. And sure enough, it was a for sale by owner sign in the front yard of that house. And it was six months later. So they had put it up for sale. 
being a dead end street, I had to go down and turn around the dead end street and start to head back out. And as I was getting ready to pass their house, and actually before I even turned on the street, I had shut the radio off. I was trying to be very inconspicuous and quiet because like I said, I didn't want them to notice me and invite me in. So as I'm coming back towards the stop sign from the dead end, as I'm passing in front of the house, my radio turns on by itself and it's blaring so loud. I can't get it to shut off. I can't mm. get it to change channel, nothing. And I left skid marks getting off that street. And of course, by the time I got off the street and just started a little ways down, the radio then shut itself off. So um, to me, it was letting me know that the spirits wanted me to know that they were still there and that they knew I was there too. And um, I didn't go back after that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, so that's kind of where we left off last yes. time. So why don't we go ahead and uh, let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, okay. we're going to pick up now with the second book. We're going to talk about that. A lot mm -hmm. to talk about here. Folks, if you have questions, please put it into the comments. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And welcome back to Ghost Box Radio and AM 950. This is Greg Bakken, and boy, we're having some technical problems over here. It's just, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, it, and, and I am not one to try to put like two plus two to equal five here, but honestly, from the point that I started using the last music cue to now, when we started talking about that, things started to go pretty awry over here, actually. And it's not because of station or anything else. Like, my, my board reset by itself suddenly, and uh, I wasn't aware of it. And I don't know, Lynn, I, you know, here's the thing that I find very interesting is that, you know, you, you talk about that, you know, that you don't, that you had to make these appointments outside of the uh, outside of the house, but surely they're still they were still watching what you're doing. Well, I you know I I know that while I was making the appointment, sitting in the chair, I could actually feel uh, the, the hot lashes from one of the spirits on my legs. Mm -hmm. So they were actively listening, and I know that they 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 can hear, but. For some reason, those souls were attached to that house. So when I left the house and even went home to the place that I was actually living in that I ended up not moving out of, I didn't have any problems there. So when I was in the car, it seemed that, you know, they weren't cued in or maybe, you know, they already did it once. They weren't going to do it again. Because, I mean, those th those flies were, were big flies. They were not hatchlings. There were no evidence of maggots or yeah. anything like that. And they, I don't even know how they got into the house. But, um, yeah, that was, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. And I didn't know that, that flies could poop like that. You know, I mean, yeah. and just leave mess like that all over the place. But, um. Yeah. Anyway, and I'm not surprised that you're having technical difficulties either because, um, you know, they, they can mess with electronics and things, too. But um, when after I sold the house and, and drove past the house, I I wanted to get a hold of the family that I purchased the house from mm -hmm. um, to kind of validate and to see, you know, I found out that they had purchased the house. They owned it for a year, but they only actually physically lived in it for six months. I had been told that they 
um, needed to move for their work, that they were living out of state, that they were anxious to sell because they were now paying for two homes. And none of that turned out to be true in the closing. So I finally tracked them down through the, the records, um, the county records, and reached out to the husband who answered the phone. I explained to him who I was. And I said to him, I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm calling because I wanted to talk to you. It, it, you know, I've had some experiences in the house and I suspect it is haunted. And I wanted to know, you know, basically if, if you would have a similar experience. And he said, well, I think to you that you should talk to my wife. And so we hung up and of course about two weeks passed before I hear from her. I think that I'm not going to hear from her. Mm -hmm. And she, and she immediately on the phone, she said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that we sold you the house. I told my husband when I found out that you had children that I didn't want to sell it to you and this sort of thing. And so we started to talk and I started to listen to her story, which so much paralleled mine with her children showing up with mysterious bite marks and claw marks and bruises. And the thing is, is that her kids were seeing them. She had a four-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son and the little girl would come up and she would talk about the monsters in down below to her parents and say, the monsters downstairs don't like me very much. So she would even try taking cookies and things downstairs to make friends with them, thinking that if she was nice, that they would play with her. And of course, the parents kind of just thought, oh, this is one of those invisible friend things. But usually when you have an invisible friend, it's not something described as as creepy as these things were. And the thing was, too, is that um, the son was asked to draw a picture at school. And, you know, they draw the stick people in the house with the flower. And then next to that was these additional stick people that were in black and creepy with fangs and blood and stuff like that. And when the teacher and the parents asked what they were, they said, those are the monsters that live downstairs in my house. So the kids were, were seeing them. There were periods of time that uh, if, she said that if they had stayed living in that house, it would have ruined her marriage because of the, the, uh, her husband was working the night shift and she worked during the daytime in a bank and things would, uh, would come and knock on the door and would mimic her voice. And he thought that it was her or they would go into the kitchen and the water would be running and he would accuse her of turning, leaving the water on. And she would be like, no, I didn't do it. But it was only two of them there. And he knew that he hadn't done it. And she knew she hadn't done it, but he was accusing her. So this was creating conflict and, and fighting in the house. So um, it finally came to one point that um, um, the, the little boy had asked, he brought his little Bob the Builder bag and he was going to run away to grandma and grandpa's house. The, kid, the grandkids wanted to know, when can we go back home to grandma and grandpa's house? So she called her grandparents, her parents, and they agreed to let the kids come over and do a sleepover that night. And she was there alone. And um, she had said that she was downstairs in that lower level, decided to watch a movie. And she was down there and the dog was, she had her dog with her and the dog was hesitant to come in the room. And periodically the dog would like sit up and growl, start growling at something. Mm -hmm. And she, she, you know, she thought, this was strange behavior and maybe he needed to go to the vet or something. So she was going to make arrangements to do that the next day. But she said about 10 minutes before the movie ended that the TV shut itself off and then the overhead light shut itself off. And so again, she just assumed that the, you know, maybe they needed something switched out on the, on the electric panel, you know, that something was faulty with that in that room. 
And so, um, but it still spooked her. And she called her husband and told her, told him about the dog's weird behavior and about the, um, what was going on in the, in the bedroom. And um, she had said that uh, she had gone upstairs to take her shower and get ready for bed. And when she walked out of her bedroom, she saw a man's ghost man standing in the corner of her bedroom. And then it just like disappeared. And so she, of course, called her husband at work again and was telling her what, what she saw. And she, so, I mean, at one point she, she went out and she slept in her car because wow. she was afraid to sleep in the yeah. house. And she slept in her car with the dog until the, her husband came home. Uh, so, you know, when, once you left the house, once you moved away from there, uh, things stopped when they didn't stop, they continued in some way to make sure it knew that make sure that you knew it was still around did she have that when she left the house i don't um i didn't ask her that part and the reason why i had that experience is because i drove past the house when i was away from the house in the place that i was living in there were no problems there were no issues you know occasional thing would go through being an empath you know you see stuff walking through all the mm -hmm. time but nothing that was sticking nothing that was creepy and gross like the way these things looked and and it reconnected when i passed the house that one that one final time um on my way somewhere so um what she had said was is that there was one point too that she was working and her husband called her because he thought that she had come home and crawled in bed with him <laughs> and he was so groggy and so tired because he had worked like three nights in a row and, and the day before he didn't get a lot of sleep so he called to uh, to see if she was at work and said hey listen you if you came home for lunch i'm sorry that i was laying down with my back to you you know and ignoring you um it was nice that you came home for lunch and she's like well i didn't come home for lunch and i haven't been home you know, so he's like looking around the room and of course he's the only one there. And he's like, well, it's see, and she said, well, maybe you had a dream that was just extremely real, but then she experienced something crawling in on the bed on her too. Wow. Uh, we go, we go to the chat. We talked about this a little bit, uh, with, with the last time that you're on, uh, but for those who weren't, uh, didn't have a chance yet to hear the first part, ultimately, uh, what, what was, what did you think that was actually in the house? Well, I found by ex by people that had a lot of experience in the paranormal field because I did not that there were actually two demons, uh, lower level demon, um, and as there's a hierarchy of angels going from cherubim on up to archangels, there's yep. a sub hierarchy mm -hmm. of darker things that as they go lower, they can do more physical acts uh, type thing. And and the thing is too is normally when you go do paranormal things, everybody if they see a ghost in their house, they call up and they say, "Ah, oh, there's a demon in my house." And like 90% of the time it's not a demon. It's it's a disembodied soul or a poltergeist yep. or an elemental or something else crossing through. And in this case, these were two real demons and a young man that had actually hung himself in the house. And also the house was built in 1976, so it's not about the age of the house, people. No. It's about the age of the ground that it's built on and what was there before. So a brand new house could be haunted if you build it in the wrong place. Absolutely, and and I mean, and, and so the thing too is, once you have like when once you have some sort of interaction 
with, you know, a, 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 for lack of a better term, a real demon, because so many people, like you're alluding to here, a lot of people think that they're having some sort of demonic in, interaction, and you'll know the difference if you ever have the opportunity, which hopefully oh, you yes, don't. Oh, yes, you will. <laughs> uh, it's, it is, there is nothing that compares to it. Once you're marked, does that keep you open for more of that activity coming back to you? Maybe not from the same, not the same entities, but just in general. Well, you know, um, they know me by name. Um, there's kind of a mutual respect in that sense because uh, demons are above my pay grade. And when people call me, if they do, I, I mean, I will help get ghosts out of your house. But if I have to take a demon out, I'm going to only do it for, for close friends and family because I don't like having to go there. Um, but they do, like I said, they do know me by name, but they've kind of noticed um, uh, there are some new antics that I've used in, in clearing some houses that have kind of been such a turnoff to them that they avoid me. Because for one thing, being around them all of that time while I was, while I owned that house and going there to do renovations and paint and get the house ready, I desensitized to seeing them. And also in my profession as a nurse, you know, you desensitize to things too, especially yeah. if you have to tell somebody that their loved one has passed away or you have to work with somebody's body parts that, you know, you don't look at it in that way. You desensitize yourself to it. So it's the same concept that seeing it over and over again, it was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, type thing. But there is a, a deep negative pull that they, that they do carry with them that can be very, very strong. But you have to maintain that that level of emotion that is neutral or joyous and happy because when you go into the fear mode or you go into, you know, anything like that, um, anger mode or something like that, it exacerbates the problem because they feed on those emotions yep. like candy yep. and it enables them to do more physical acts. So I just try to keep everything neutral. And I think it's, it's also worth uh, at this point to remind if we have any, paranormal teams that listen and stuff people who are thinking about getting into the paranormal people who maybe have been in for a little time you know even lynn says you know the the demonic stuff that's basically that's above her apart from some certain situations and there is no there is no indignity to know when to say i cannot do this or let me find someone who can help you this is not something that i am qualified in doing that that's true yes it is um i mean i yeah no and, and i just don't like it i don't i don't want to have to do that no too so but um you know it, it's most people don't realize that um that too with when they do notice spirits in their house that spirits have the the right to choose at their time of death of whether they want to cross over or not and a lot of the ones that haven't crossed over are the ones that are haunting their house or disembodied souls. And something else I wanted to make mention, it's a little bit off the beaten path, but anybody going into the paranormal or actively in the paranormal, saying please and thank you is so important mm -hmm. um, when you go in because sometimes I've seen people go in with such force they don't realize that they're actually making it worse for themselves yep. because that, that presence of force goes in it comes across actually as fear or anger or aggression and they feed on that and they're able to do more physical acts but the thing is is these are these are disincarnate these are disembodied souls these are not ignorant people and when you go into somebody's house and you say 
oh, touch Blinky. And they accommodate you. They touch Blinky and you're like, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? And then you say, can you touch Blinky again? And they accommodate you again. They touch Blinky again. And you're like, oh, oh, did we get that? Let's get that on film. No, yep, did you? Yep. And then you ask them a third time and then you're wondering why they're telling you to get out. Yeah. It's because they're not trained monkeys, people. These are these are dis these are disembodied souls that some of them have educations that are higher than ours. And when you are going into someone else's home or area, it's important to be respectful the same way as you would want someone that you would treat someone coming into your home. So I'm just saying. No, absolutely. And that's that's the thing, too, is, um, you know, we, we, I teach a class along with uh, with my friend Char, and that's exactly that's exactly what we're trying to explain too. Is like if you're going to go do public paranormal investigations, I, I hate the term ghost hunt myself, but if you're going out doing public paranormal investigations, how is it that you're actually furthering the the, the conversation opposed to just what you just said? Can you turn on a light for me, please? Can you say my name through a spirit box? All these things don't serve anybody other than what you just said making the making spirit look like that uh you're exploiting the fact that you can get them to answer exactly and and it just it breaks my heart when i see that and i've seen it happen over and over again and also another thing too um that elevates their attraction towards you is if you're under the influence of any sort of substance because there are certain um entities that like that sort of yep. thing if you could see the things that i see standing around people on their cigarette break or at the bar yep. uh you would you wouldn't drink or smoke anymore because you because there are disembodied souls that want to be around the presence of that and when there is someone doing that sort of thing or acting out in a negative behavior because of being overly intoxicated or something during one of those again you're setting yourself up for an attachment for one thing Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and some problems. So, you know, just, I'm just saying. Nope. Absolutely. Let's do this. Let's take our next break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. I have a question in the comments. If anybody else has questions, put them in the comments. We'll get to them. You're listening to ghost box radio on AM 950. Join me tomorrow on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. We're going to have on the French Quarter medium, Maria Shaw, and psychic medium, Char Savoy. We're going to be talking about the upcoming Charvinity Psychic uh, Healing Fair that is happening this Saturday and Sunday, February 24th and 25th. If you would like to know more information about this upcoming fair, it's going to be, first of all, a lot of fun. I'm going to have a table there. Uh, I mean, I talk about I'm going to have a table there. There's a lot more than just me happening there. But go to charvinityfairs.com. See what's going on. There's a full schedule. You can also find it on Facebook. If you go to Charvinity, uh, she has an event set up there that you can see exactly what is happening over the course of uh, the whole the, those two days. Also, I want to point out that uh, my friends over at Megas Books, this coming Saturday, uh, you can go out there and learn about chaos magic, learn how to make sigils and history of the movement itself. This is, you know, 
Magus has so much good stuff going on there. They're located on Central Avenue. Uh, definitely go out there, check it out. Uh, they, they're they're doing more and more of these uh, uh, these weekend sort of classes. Take advantage of it. It's 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 really a lot of great stuff there. You can go to MegasBooks.com. There you can uh, find out everything they have going on there. Please go out there, check them out, support them. Like AM950, they are local businesses, so we really appreciate it. We've been talking with uh, author Lynn Monet as she's been walking through. Uh, we, you know, there's two of these books, Omnipresent and Omnipresent, What Happened Next. Uh, now, Omnipresent is on Amazon. Is What Happens Next on Amazon? I didn't think I could find it there today when I looked. No, it's on my website. Some okay. of the books I've placed on Amazon, they're also in Barnes & Noble and Walmart. But there are some that I've held back on my website only. Um, so... That's where you can find uh, that one. And also the next one coming out, which is um, Omnipresent 111 Beckadon Drive and also one, and also Omnipresent Gnome Place Like Home that'll be coming out here shortly as well. You'll be able to find those on my website as well. I'm trying to kind of break away from Amazon a little bit because, yeah, we, we won't go there. But um, yeah, if you, if you like to purchase them for me, they cost the same, maybe even a little bit less, and I will be happy to sign them for you and personalize them. So you can get them through my website, www.lynnmonet.com. And, uh, and then Wednesday, you're going to be back on with us as we talk about uh, the colors of heaven, right? Yes. So yes, that, that's it. Go ahead. It's a beautiful story um, that I wrote about death and dying, hoping to take the stigma of, of that away and put a different form of light on it. But we'll talk about that one, you know, coming up too. So, absolutely, folks. It can't always be scary. It can't always scare the you know what out of you, right? It, it can be beautiful as well. And I and that's that's the thing. Paranormal is beautiful. Met, you know, paranormal, metaphysical. They're the same thing. They're beautiful. A lot of people just don't seem to want to understand that. Right. Well, as, the, as there's paranormal is kind of a blanketed term, as yep. there is a dark side to paranormal, there's also a white side to paranormal. And the death and dying part is the beautiful white part, as well as some of the other things that you mentioned. Also, everybody thinks of the heebie-jeebies when you mention paranormal, and it's not all that. It can be some very, very pleasant, beautiful things as well. Absolutely. We are talking with author Lynn Monet. We've been talking about omnipresent. Uh, what Happened Next is the name of the book. You can uh, pick it up over at lynnmonet.com. Uh, Nancy in the chat, she just asked the question, is there a way to clear your home like a basic method? You know, everybody goes for the sage. But really, if you use sage in a home where there is demonic activity, it just pisses them off and it makes it worse. It does not touch them. I usually use the sage as a cleanup for the micrometastasis after a clearing has been done. Normally, I when people call me uh, for help that way, I have to determine what it is that is in the house. Is it an elemental? Because if it's an elemental, that's a whole new thing. Not, nothing religious and traditional works with that. Um, if, if it is a demon or if it's a lost soul, if it's a happy one or angry one, and if it's willing to leave or not. So because there are different methods, you can ask it to leave and it can leave on its own. And if it doesn't, you don't want it there. I use a fire component. So I go into sure. the fire component to do that. But there isn't really a blanket 
all. And not only that, people don't realize when you do go in to clear a house, there's more to it than just clearing the house. People sometimes have to make some, some um, overall changes in what they do that might be drawing the things there. So just mm -hmm. because I go in and clear your house, if your husband still has his porno addiction and your daughter's doing her drugs in her bedroom, that's not going to, it's going to roll out the red carpet for these things to come right back in. So in addition to clearing the house, there are other changes that need to be made. And to be honest, it's almost a waste of time to go in and clear something for a person if they're not willing to clean up their, you know, clean up some of the stuff they have going on. And also people, you got to keep your house clean because they love clutter. They absolutely love clutter and clutter makes people feel depressed and they feed on that too. You know, and also one of the things that we've always talked about as well is, you know, when, especially on a case or something like that, and I know it's hard for people, like, don't talk about the case. Stop talking right. about what's going on in there. And also to your point, you know, you know, because I don't know about you. I don't know how many times that you've gone in situations like this. I know I have where you go in and every curtain is drawn into place every, you know, it's just dark and stuff. And af after you get through all of this, uh, you know, it's just like open up the curtains, open, put some flowers in there, open up a window, play some good music. It, it is, it is raising the vibration of the location uh, so that you can, uh, so that it, it's less of a chance to come back. But I think a big one too is don't talk about what happened either. Right. And, you know, um, I agree with you 100% on that. And in addition to that, what people do not realize is when we go into a house setting to clear it, we have to do a preparation. And we are constantly, we have the, our arc force fields around us that we are constantly protecting ourselves from taking home attachments ourselves. And when you've got somebody whispering in the kitchen of, I think they found something, whatever yeah. it, again, it exacerbates the problem so that we are, we are under, we are under attack when we're in your house. Those things don't want us there. They know that we're there to get them out. So they're constantly attacking us and it makes the attack stronger and harder on us. I don't know about you, but after clearing people's houses, I mean, I've gone home and slept as long as 18 hours, mm -hmm. only getting up to go to the bathroom and drink water. Yep. And we do, and most people do this for free. I know I do it for free, but the thing is, is you don't realize how much time and effort and what that causes, you know, that, and also, um, in the book, I talk about mental illness and attachments, and I've been currently working with people that I've been pulling attachments off of. And the thing is, is that I'm finding is when they're when they're in that stage where they have those attachments, which for schizophrenia is one, um, which I'll be happy to share a story with that that's in the book um, about that in a minute. But when I take these things off of that people, they've become so accustomed to using certain coping skills that they become comfortable with that even after their vibration is elevated and they should go off from that and move forward, they, instead of the fear of the unknown going forward, they feel more comfortable reaching back into the old habits. And that allows the situation to have an attachment reattach. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's sometimes a vicious cycle, almost like a rabbit hole sometimes, you know, trying to take care of these things for people. And, and we have, we have about, uh, maybe about, uh, less than six minutes left. And I, you know, the thing that I find very frustrating from having done this as well, a number of years is, is that people may want help. People may be asking for help or whatever else, but 
it's it's shocking how few actually want to put in the work to actually do what they need to do because when you're sitting there Lynn and you're explaining to them okay this is what I'm doing but this is what I need you to do and they don't want to do what is you know and sometimes it isn't easy but you have to do it and I I I have to I have to think for you it it deflates you yeah well yes yeah it does it does and that that's a great I love that term I'm going to use that for my yeah it does it deflates you and you constantly have to put your armor up trying to protect yourself when you're in the position trying to help people but you're right you know they sometimes they they don't want to to make the changes or yeah. they they fall back and it does it rolls the red carpet out for everything to come right back in yeah so i mean if people knew how many how many souls dead souls are standing around them in the bar trying to <laughs> get a sniff of their drink and people say oh well you know when they're dead they can't smell well when they're dead they do keep all of their senses However, the smell part of it is not a smell like with an olfactory nerve. It's more of a memory recall is how it is. And um, so, and also they try, there there are some of them that try to enter into the body to experience the feeling of the alcohol or the drugs. And there are other ones that are just standing around trying to smell it or sniff it or be close to it. So, um, you know, and also, you guys, you know, you think you got a moment alone in your little peep show? I got news for you. No. You got a fan club with you, and you should be probably paying admission for what you're doing in there. Yeah. Don't think that you got that private moment because you've got people there with you. Absolutely. Now you're gonna you're gonna mention something, but I do want to bring something up, if I may, real fast. Um, because I mean, first of all, it gets my attention, and we have we we don't have a lot of time left. But uh, in chapter twelve, alien encounters. What what is what is I mean if if there's a way to kind of quickly talk a little bit about that I would be I you know you you get my you get my uh, my antenna going with that. Okay. Um, yes. Um, I had a patient in. Well, actually, I've had a couple of, of encounters, but the the main one was I had a patient in in the skilled unit that I was working in. She was at the end of the hallway. And she would have her medication for sleep brought down at around 1030 at night because she stayed awake later than everybody. And this lady, she looked like a a wild-eyed rabbit. She had these big, big eyes. And I would go down to her room. And on several occasions, I went down to her room. And because I have the ability of second sight, I'm able to Mm -hmm. see through some of the veils. When I walked into her room, she was laying on her side facing the door. And behind her, like behind this veil, they didn't think that I could see them, were these three beings the first time. All of them were exactly the same. They had no face. They just had like a cloth over their face that they were peering through, or maybe they were some kind of android that was being worked from somewhere else, like a robot Mm, kind of thing. And as I walk into the room, I have to take her blood pressure because I've got her cardiac meds and I have to make sure that she can have them. But my blood pressure cuff died. It was battery operated. So I called for a second one and they brought another one brand new off of the charger. And that one died. My phone died. Finally, I had to to get a manual blood pressure cuff and started taking a manual blood pressure cuff down there every time that I went. And the thing was, is these beings were standing behind this woman and they were pulling things out kind of like the old-fashioned switchboard operators where the operator would sit with the headset and the pegs and she'd pull them out and plug one in and put you know plug it over here Mm -hmm. it was the same thing that they were doing there was an um there was another time 
that I went to her room and it was only her room and only with this woman. When she passed away, I never saw them in the facility again, even though we had different patients in that room. But there was another time that there were five of them and it, all four of them were the exact same. And there was one that was taller than all of the rest. And the one that was taller came around the bedside where I was standing and walked right through me. And just automatically I said, oh, excuse me. You know, like mm -hmm. I bumped into somebody and the, and the patient said to me, oh, no, honey, it's okay. You know, you didn't, and she thought that I was talking to her. Um, this lady also had gifts, but um, the feeling of having that walk through me was different than having a dead person walk through you. It was more of an energetic burning feeling, if you can imagine, but it was very brief because, he, you know, they walked through, but I could imagine if that thing stood on top of me long enough, you know, that it probably would have made me pass out or something because, I mean, the, the way that the, and, and it just walked through me and continued its business up towards the head of the lady's bed. But um, I, I mean, I saw them multiple times in there. I also have seen a ship type thing. I was driving and saw this elongated ship thing with these ovoid um, like circles on it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just me that was seeing it. There was a guy that was riding his bike close by passing by and I pulled over my van and it came and it hovered in the clouds and then all of a sudden it shot off sideways and then stopped dead cold in the, I mean, stopped on the spot in the middle of the air and the guy on the bike was then looking at it and then it shot away and completely disappeared. And as the guy came, came forward, I was talking, I said, did you see that? And he said, yeah. He said, I saw that, you know, and I said, well, that, that must've been a UFO. So yeah, I've seen those two. Wow. We we have to call it we have to call it good for the night. But folks, Lynn is going to be back on Wednesday. Uh, you can pick up her books at lynnmonet.com. Lynn, thank you very much for joining us and sharing this experience. This is amazing. Thank you so much. We'll be back on Wednesday with Lynn tomorrow. Shar Savoy and Maria Shah. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Bye bye.